Welcome to the special Saturday edition of the Fun Astrology Podcast. We're going to be talking financial astrology today, and we have a great platform on which to do so because the markets, as you may have noticed yesterday, were up significantly to end the week. If this is the first time catching these Saturday editions, we are reading and analyzing the newsletter written by the Dean of Financial Astrology, Ray Merriman, on his website, mmacycles.com. And this is a free newsletter that is put out every Friday night. Ray has given permission to do this. I would highly suggest, if you're interested, to subscribe because then you will get it in your own inbox on Friday nights, and then we'll provide some additional analysis here on Saturdays. So Ray starts off by saying last week was very positive. It followed the Venus-Saturn square of June 18th that ended the prior week with many stock indexes at their lowest yearly levels. I would add, what a difference a week makes, (laughs) for sure. As stated many times in this column, now this is important, so put your little focused ears on this. He says what he has written many times and the basic tenet of financial astrology, okay, is that any market declining into a hard aspect, a square or an opposition, between Venus and Saturn is a candidate for a buy. If the stock is going down, and you have an upcoming Venus-Saturn hard aspect, that will pivot the downtrend and turn it into a buy. Here again, this pivot concept that we're picking up and just using even on the daily analysis of the daily aspects, pivots. Stocks were a buy last week, capped by the huge 826-point rally in the Dow Jones Industrial Average on Friday to close the week above 31,500, a gain of nearly 2,000 points from the low of last Friday. And then I would add to that a couple of other aspects that were just really big this past week and primarily shining the spotlight on Tuesday because early, early that morning, 4.23 that morning, Venus trined Neptune. We talked about this on the podcast both Monday and Tuesday. And then an hour later, the sun ingressed into Cancer, and we had the June solstice. Then on Wednesday, Venus moved into Gemini, the sign of the twin, We were going down, now we're going to go up, and we did. Oh, and then the moon, on Thursday, entered Taurus. So see, that all just set the stage for this big week of pivot. And it was really pretty easy to see, and we we talked about it on here as well. And like like we like to say around here, mess with astrology at your own risk. Now, taking a look at the future, let's look at this coming week. He says the major geocosmic alignment unfolding this coming week will be Neptune turning retrograde and the sun squaring Jupiter. And once again, Tuesday is in the spotlight because both of those happen on June 28th, Tuesday. Both Neptune and Jupiter also relate to reversals in crude oil prices. Neptune rules crude. They fell rather hard from their secondary highs of $123 per barrel the prior week, hitting a low of $102 a barrel late last week. You're saying, wait a minute, the gas prices didn't go down like that last week. 
Well, there's a saying in the oil business that gasoline prices go up like a rocket. They come down like a feather. Jupiter and Neptune can also correspond with irrational euphoria and a sense of hope about the future in regard to the economy. The fact that equity markets rallied last week bodes well for the start of the new week heading into the Jupiter and Neptune signatures. But when euphoric and not panic, the basis for the rally is often not rooted in reality. Neptune's illusion amplified by Jupiter. In other words, this rally may be an illusion or a short-covering bounce and not really related to any major fundamental change regarding the future of inflation, interest rate hikes, or the Ukraine situation. In fact, with Mars approaching its square to Pluto on July 2nd, the situation in the Russian-Ukraine conflict, or elsewhere, could take another violent turn. The danger for the market is that this could cause another sudden reversal as the short-term bubble bursts and the reality of life and death stations for many people targeted by powerful leaders obsessed with hatred, Pluto again, and is a sober reminder that all is not well in the world. I'll tell you what, from Robert Glasscock's Solar Arcs, and even we recorded a segment for the Old Soul, New Soul podcast on the upcoming eclipses, we just have a lot of stuff coming up, and I think this is something that we have to remember, is that things are not well in the world, well said. This is all leading up to the most powerful aspects of 2022 during the first two weeks of August and then again in September the 21st through the 28th. And I would also add the eclipse to that. The first one is October 25th, the second on the day of the midterm elections, November 8th. In the first case, the first two weeks of August, Mars, Uranus, and the Moon's North Node will conjoin in the money sign of Taurus and form a fixed T-square with the Sun and Saturn. Then, later that month, Venus will do the same. You should be picking out from this things like Uranus, Taurus, Venus. These are money planets now. When you hear them and you're interested in this, start to connect those with something financial is likely around the corner. In September, Saturn and Uranus will return to less than one degree of their square, which is a waning square because they're moving technically apart. But this is what we've been talking about as well the Saturn and Uranus revisit of that square that we had three times last year. And while they are coming back together again in September within one degree, they will be the same degree, just not the same minute, Jupiter will be midway between the two in the midpoint position and semi-square to each. So you can visualize this in your mind, what he's saying. Take a piece of pie and cut it into four pieces. One of those pieces is the square. Just cut that piece into equal parts, and there's Jupiter sitting right in the middle of that square. So, with that, Ray says, it seems that the cosmos is telegraphing a message that the inhabitants of this planet are about to undergo another revolutionary turn between August and November. It may correspond to the end or the beginning of a major financial tsunami. And given that Mars, Uranus, and the North Node will conjoin one another in the monetary sign of Taurus, the quote-unquote shock may be via currency markets. Currencies pegged to the U.S. dollar 
may be unhinged. Watch especially the dollar against the Japanese yen and the Chinese yuan. And that brings us to the longer-term thoughts section of the article, where he quotes from an Investopedia.com article by Sean Ross, What Would It Take for the U.S. Dollar to Collapse?, written March 23, 2022. Quoting here, There are some conceivable scenarios that might cause a sudden crisis for the dollar. The most realistic is the dual threat of higher inflation and high debt, a scenario in which rising consumer prices force the Federal Reserve to sharply raise interest rates. Much of the national debt is made up of relatively short-term instruments, so a spike in rates would act like an adjustable rate mortgage after the teaser period ends. If the U.S. government struggled to afford its interest payments, foreign creditors could dump the dollar and trigger a collapse. How much of that has already happened since March 23rd? My dad was a broker in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. He had a long career in that business. And he saw this as being perhaps the biggest threat to our economy, even back in those days when it wasn't even near on the radar like it is today. Wow. Here are Ray's comments. There are two longer-term astrological models I have tracked and relate to the stock market for this decade. Now listen, this is some incredible stuff right here. So just put on your thinking cap and follow this through because he does what I like to do, and that is traces this back into history to see when these aspects occur, what has happened previously. That's where we're headed. The first model was based on the historical performance of the U.S. stock market during and following the period when Saturn and Uranus and Saturn and Pluto made hard aspects within one calendar year of each other, tracing this back to 1900. The second was based on the 20-year stock market pattern going into and following Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions going all the way back to 1840. The Saturn-Uranus and Saturn-Pluto hard aspect periods within one calendar year have happened seven times since 1900. The last occurrence, the one that we've been talking about, was 2020-2021. Saturn conjoined Pluto in January 2020, actually on the 12th, and Saturn formed a closing square to Uranus three times between February 17th and December 24th, 2021, the following year. If you've been a long-time listener to this podcast, you know we've been climbing all over that one. The two times before that were November 2008 through August 2010. You know what happened then. And July 1999 through May 2002, when the big tech bubble burst and the NASDAQ lost about 50% and stayed down for 10 years. Don't forget that, folks. The NASDAQ crashed and stayed down for a decade. This aspect pair also happened during the Great Depression of 1930 and 31. The study covers the time from the first passage of the first aspect, so that's January 12, 2020, through the last passage of the last aspect, and that 
period is debatable, but probably this one coming up in September. In all seven cases, the United States stock market fell between 26 and 86 percent from the highs that either preceded these periods or happened within them. And the lows occurred either during these periods or within one year afterwards. If we omit the 86%, that was the Great Depression, we still find this cosmic phenomenon correlated with declines of 26 to 54%. In this model, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is due to decline 26 to 86% either this year, 2022, if we use 2021 as the end of the Saturn-Uranus waning square or it would happen next year in 2023 if we use that September revisit as we just mentioned. That waning square of Saturn-Uranus itself, even without Pluto, is important because in the two cases of the steepest stock market declines in U.S. history, that aspect was present. We talked about this way back before even last year when we were looking ahead and looking back, just as Ray is doing here, seeing exactly the same thing, and we talked about it on this podcast, but I know many of you have joined us since then. In fact, this is the only major outer planet aspect involved in the stock market crashes of 1834 to 1842 and 1929 to 1932, when the U.S. indices lost 80% or more of their value. Every alternate case of this 45-year cycle has coincided with a possible 90-year crash low in U.S. stocks. 1842, 1932, and here we are again, 2022. This 90-year cycle was first introduced in our book entitled The Ultimate Book on Stock Market Timing, Volume 1, Cycles and Patterns in the Indexes. The first edition of this book was published in 1997, Three updates have been published through September 2017, also discussing this 90-year cycle. And I would add that that book is available, as are all of Ray's books, on his website, mmacycles.com. He has been a publishing machine over the years, so there is a lot of material if you would like to avail yourself of some top-notch research. He goes on. The question before us today is whether this 90-year cycle really exists. In other words, was it two phenomenon before, but it's not a real pattern, or is it a real pattern? Good point. And if it does exist, will the stock market drop 80 or 90% off of its high of January 2022 by the end of next year, or even by the end of this year? If the Fed and the U.S. government lost their ability to manage the economy, it cannot be ruled out. A telling factor in such a crash reality would be the loss of consumer confidence in the nation's economic leadership. And in that regard, it is already notable that the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index fell to 50% in its June reading released this past week, the lowest level ever and down 41.5% from the year earlier. This is not a good sign. The second geocosmic factor is the 20-year Jupiter-Saturn cycle, 
it occurred last in December 21st, 2020. We talked about that here on the podcast. I was down in Florida at that time. Chet and Christina came down, and we went down to a dock with a telescope and watched it in the western sky at sunset that night. Looking out over the intercoastal waterway, a memory I will never forget. There they were, right up there in the sky. You could see them in the same telescope shot <laughs> looking up there. It was absolutely phenomenal. I remember looking up in the sky and saying, what in the world do you two have in store for us? And see, the thing is, is it happened at zero degrees Aquarius. So now, for the next near 200 years, whenever those two come together, every 20 years, it will be in one of the air signs. It's a long cycle, and it's called the now the air epoch. So he says the stock market usually makes a high going into the first year following this conjunction. In this case, the all-time high in the U.S. stock market occurred in the first week of January 2022, just one year and two weeks after the conjunction. Stock markets then fall to a low one to two years afterwards, and a military crisis arises. This would pertain to 2022 and 2023. Given that we had a six-year cycle low in March of 2020, a Jupiter-Saturn decline into 2022 would correspond to its first two-year cycle phase of three sub-cycles. Typically, those types of cycle lows do not exceed 26%. They will exceed the steepest decline of the first year. In this case, that was a 10.5% decline in the Dow Jones Industrial Average in October 2020. So this model calls for a decline between 11 and 26% in the Dow Jones. As of June 17th, the decline was 19.75%. So it is getting close to breaking that range. I know this is getting a little heady. We'll break it down. Just stay with us here. One more paragraph. If the Dow Jones falls more than 26%, that's below 27,345, that would mean that the Saturn-Pluto and Saturn-Uranus model is more dominant this time than the Saturn-Jupiter one. It would also mean that this would be the first time that any Democrat president has presided over a stock market crash of over 26% since 1900. Yes, FDR oversaw a secondary decline of 50% in 1938, but the real crash was the 86% decline in 1929 to 1932 under Herbert Hoover. People forget that the after the big crash in 1929 for those three years, it rebounded, but then it crashed another 50% six years later. 1930s were quite a decade, I'll tell you. It's usually Republicans, in fact, in every case, that occupy the White House when the U.S. stock market has lost over 26% of its value. On the other hand, every Republican president in this study has overseen an all-time high in the stock market. The same has not been true under Democrat leadership. Well, with Uranus, there is always a first time, and with Pluto, it is always the last time. And that ends our newsletter for this week.
So what he's saying in the end there is basically we have one variable that we're quite not locked onto, and that is, are we going to use last year as the isolated three-point hit of Saturn and Uranus when it hit by exact degree and minute? Or are we also going to include the one coming up in September where it gets within one degree but not totally exact? And all that really does is it throws the delay of the drop into next year if we do include the one in September. And I'll tell you, the one that Robert and I did on the eclipses, which is going to be released probably within two weeks, I'm not going to rush it out. And also I have to do quite a bit of editing on it because it just kept growing and growing. But the two eclipses coming up in October and November are also quite ominous in this area. So he's saying we have basically a three-sub-cycle phase that this market drop would take place under. Obviously, prices never move in one direction all the time, so there would be some rebounds. But he was saying that we may have already had the first of the two-year cycle phase, and that would have been the big drop in the market, the COVID drop, what everybody calls the COVID drop, when it dropped in February and into March of 2020. He's saying that may be one of three. I think the other big thing affecting this market is the president of the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, has made it very clear that he's taking his chips back. He's taking his money back off the table. If you look at a stock chart after that drop that Ray is referencing here in March of 2020, the COVID drop, It looks like a ladder leaning up against a wall. That's Jerome Powell putting money into the market. If you look at it since January 3rd of this year, well, you see what's shaping up. Jerome Powell's taking his money back. Twice now in the last week and a half, there were big major drops in the overnight markets. Typically, there is not enough liquidity in the overnight sessions for that kind of a drop, for that size of a move to occur. So I don't know, and I'm not right, but I just, it smacks of that the Federal Reserve is doing some of their business at night. And that's another variable. That's another factor that could influence all of this. But basically what he's saying is we are living under aspects, and this should not be new news to those of you that have been listening for a long time. We've, We've covered this a lot. He just says it very directly, and here we are. I mean, we're in it, that this Saturn-Uranus square has coincided with historic big drops in the market going way back, counting all of them that we care to count. So if you only had astrology, you have that history. And now on top of that, you have the president of the Federal Reserve saying, party's over. I'm taking my money back. And the reason I guess that I'm supposed to be doing this and the reason it was prompted is to help forewarn you of the conditions that exist right now and the risks involved. And then just keep chipping away and hammering away at this message that within that, you and your family, you and your soul, you and your journal need to sit down in the quiet, still moments of whenever the times are such that you can meditate And be quiet and hear the internal voice, the intuitive prompts of what you should be doing. And then start taking action toward them. Remember, Joseph Kennedy, John F. Kennedy's father, tripled his net worth. 
because he suspected a crash was coming in the 1930s. He was right. He got on the short side of the market, and he made millions and millions of dollars. There's an old saying also on Wall Street that says that if you climb up the Empire State Building, it takes about three or four hours. If you were to, unfortunately, fall from the Empire State Building, it takes about 45 seconds. Point is, the drops always happen faster, or at least historically have happened faster. We could be in one of those prolonged ones if this plays out. But you saw how fast things dropped. Too fast, actually. Now the market will go back and rebuild some of that structure. But drops can happen very fast, and if you're positioned correctly, a lot of money can come to you very fast. So the point is, fear would have you run away from this. Boldness, confidence, and some intuition would have you running toward it and even anticipating it. Just because other portfolios are damaged doesn't mean yours has to be. But you have to have a plan. And that's the biggest point of all of this is look at the sky, look inside your own heart, and then be aware of what's going on in the world and adjust accordingly. And obviously, none of this is financial advice, nothing from the newsletter or none of my commentary. What we are doing is we are looking at the sky We are reading the material that a man who has been studying this for nearly 50 years and been writing about it successfully, and then saying that you need to get with your family, your advisor, and your intuition and make your own best decisions. The financial sky gets fairly quiet over the next couple of weeks, and Ray announced in the newsletter that he was going to be taking some time off around the July 4th holiday, which, by the way, happens on Wall Street, and the trading volume goes way, way down between July 4th and all the way into the first week of September. So things are going to quiet down. The volume gets a lot less. However, with less volume, you can have more volatility. So we'll be watching for that. I will take a look at it next week as to whether we come in here and do a quick checkup and not read, of course, a newsletter that doesn't exist or not. (laughs) But I hope you do have a good trading week and that this has been helpful. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you back on Monday.